I'm not here to poke holes and suspended disbelief. Anyway, they see some weird shit. They decide to make a baby. Thou Merkin merchant. Who gives a fuck? Oh my god, we're just going to start calling you Damien Yeltsin's billboards. Well, you know, uh, I really like it here. Uh, it's kind of nice, and uh, it's not as cold as back home, and the soil is a lot better. So yeah, sure, I think we're going to settle. If I'm a peasant boy who grabs a sword out of a stone... Yeah. I'm able to open people up. You will, yeah. Anytime I hit them with it, right? Yeah. So my cleave landing will make me a cavalier. Good day, sir. If Siskel thought it was empty-headed plebeian trash, it was probably <laughs> really good at groove on <laughs> Because cannibalism and murder. Pull back just a little bit and build walls to keep out the redheads. Authorial intent doesn't exist. Some people stand up and wipe their butts. Some people stay seated and wipe their butts. Like, it just... Connect nerdery to the real world. My name is Ed Blaylock. I'm a world history and English teacher now teaching sixth graders here in Northern California. And um, I don't have a whole lot to report uh, other than I'm having a whole lot of, still having a whole lot of fun with uh, Mac Warrior 5. And actually, just earlier this evening, you introduced me to uh, Black Ops 2 mm-hmm. in multiplayer. Uh, and and uh, Nuketown 2025 and holy moly! Yeah, futuristic like, Art Deco. Yeah, is, yeah, is I'm, fun. I'm, yeah. The yeah. Z Rust is is just so hard on that, <laughs> but in a in yeah, it's awesome. I want it. Nice. And oh, and kind of related to that in in the sense that you know it has to do with you know being being a big kid uh, and shooting things. Um, have you seen the ads for the pulse rifle nerf gun? I've seen that pop up a lot in social media, but I haven't clicked okay. on it because aliens was never a thing that I oh, okay. was really into. Okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, I I desperately desperately want one, and yeah. um, I have been told no. Oh. That was that was the whole answer. By the way, I I, I oh, messaged wow. I messaged my wife and I said, so you know if you're thinking about my Christmas list, uh-huh. you know in that in that haha I'm kidding but like really yeah kind of way and all I got back was no wow that's a, like like another... not even nothing else just wow. no and and you know because I could never let anything go I responded with why mm-hmm. like I mean come on but it's awesome mm-hmm. no. So another head hangs like, low. Like, like, yeah, tip. no, yeah, just like completely shut down. Wow. Um. So I'm, I'm mourning that. Yeah, like, your child like, has been slowly taken from you. Yeah, 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 it's awful. So, uh, how are you doing? 
Who I'm, are you? I'm Damien Harmony. Uh, I am a Latin and drama teacher up here in Northern California. Uh, I it's it's so funny because I could actually go out and get that tomorrow if I wanted, and I don't because I don't care about because aliens. You don't, yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. Um, and honestly, I don't really <clears throat> like shooting Nerf guns, like oh, all okay. that violence. Like it, it mostly you run around stealthy, so it just like yeah. causes silence, and I prefer yeah. playing out loud. Yeah. Um, but I don't know who are we mistaken? Like it's, yeah. it's <laughs> fine. Yeah. Like, but uh, no, I don't really have much in the way of updates other than I got new Tupperware. Uh, okay. So that's something you do you know in your forties. Yeah. Yes, it is. So, yeah. And and the fact that I'm kind of like, oh yeah, like <laughs> yeah, right, like brand right? Tupperware or like 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 uh, the, the glass stuff because oh, I'm trying to man. Yeah, exactly. See? Oh, right. God, wow. <laughs> That's, You're all bougie, I like know. holy I cow! Know. Like you know, what? I felt I felt uh-huh. like a grown up when we bought a whole set of Rubbermaid, right? Plastic yeah. stuff, no, like I'm, a couple I'm weeks going ago. For glass, baby. Damn, son. It, yeah. All right, yeah. So right. that's very cool. Yeah. So yeah, I don't really have much in the way of updates beyond that. Uh, okay. I I talked to a friend today about what's going on in the world and he's very angry about it and i understand why he's a veteran and, and okay. there's a lot of complex feelings going on there um and so then i turned him on to smedley butler i'm like okay you know i know you're All right. you know and, and he's you know very much um you know like I'm, I'm really mad at the president right now i'm like you have every right to be this makes a lot of sense uh and he's like he's the worst one in history i'm like yeah there's been 46 of these guys let me, let's, you know, let's, I, yeah. I, I don't want to step on your feelings, but at the same time, we literally had one try to instigate a coup just, uh, you know, less, less than, than a, a, year, a ago. year ago. Yeah. yeah. So uh, maybe temper that a little bit. And, and, you know, and we went back and forth and he's, you know, very, very upset. And I'm like, you need some Smedley Butler in your life. And so I'll be giving a recommendation at the end oh, okay. of the show tonight yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. with Smedley Butler being a part of it um, okay. because I was like, you're clearly pissed about this and you've got very good reasons. Here's a leftist. <laughs> <laughs> here's here's a left leftist yeah. marine general. Right. Yeah. Was he a general? He was colonel. He okay. Was. No, no general. Full on general. Uh, okay. And a total tool of imperialism. And yeah. Then looked around. And he's like, "Fuck that, Fritz." Yeah. Fritz. <laughs> are we the baddies? Right. <laughs> Our so. uniforms have skulls. Fritz. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Great skit, by the yeah. way, for anybody yeah. not familiar but yeah okay cool so, yeah that's yeah. that's what i'm doing so All right. i don't know if you noticed what i did earlier uh in mentioning um the the words the buzzwords that i did i, I noticed back. that there were buzzwords yeah. going on but so, i wasn't quite able to string them together i was quoting the cranberries oh okay yeah okay um, so in your uh, head, yeah in your head because tonight fighting. okay we're gonna talk about zombies Bitchin' Camaro. Right. All right. So I'm good. Uh, this will be a multi-part because okay. zombies have been a part of our lexicon since before Batman. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That far back. I, which is, as soon as I got to that, I was like, ah, shit. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, no. Yeah. Um... Okay. Well, I, I mean, I know you're going to get to it, but my I immediate, am. my immediate, res- my, my immediate uh, mm-hmm. response that, that I want to make is, but you know, night of the living dead. Well, yeah, that's, that's phase two. Oh, okay. Right. All right. right. Okay. Now, so. now just to, to mm-hmm. get this out of the way ahead of time, are you going to mention serpent and the rainbow at all? If it was a movie okay. made in America? Yes. Okay. If it was not. 
Okay. And it might be grouped in because because Serpent the Rainbow it might is... be grouped in with foreign films. Okay. Or the straight to VHS films. Okay. But if it was an American movie that was not straight to VHS, it has a good chance of getting mentioned. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. All right. So anyway. Yeah. So Go ahead. to to start talking about zombies, we yeah. need to talk about Robert Southey. Are you aware of who he is? You I, might don't, be. I, no, okay, no that's fine. not off the top of my head. He was born in 1774 in Bristol, oh, England. Okay. So he'd been expelled from long-famed Westminster School, which had been founded since before the Norman Conquest. Uh, yes. However, continual records have been kept since the mid-1300s. So yes. Prior to that, he okay. bounced around. But, so the pedigree of that school that expelled him is, is quite intact since the 1300s. Now, Southie got expelled for writing an article uh, in the newly created school magazine called The Flagellant. Okay. Uh, And in the article, he stated that the devil himself had invented flogging. So you could see why he would get expelled from a school Uh, in the late 1700s. Yeah, that would. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, as that was a staple to many a school, did not land well. And after his expulsion, Robert Southie went on to Oxford, uh, like... Okay. A privileged twit of his yeah, time. Well, yeah. Upper and class twit of the year. Yeah. And he didn't learn much as he'd later admit. <laughs> okay. So mm-hmm. I just, I think, I think it should be, should be noted that sure. uh, flogging was not only a staple of schools at right. the time, but uh, some level of severe corporal punishment yes. was common as a criminal penalty. Yes. And in all, all of the branches of any military anywhere in the world yeah. at the time. Absolutely. Uh, it, it wasn't, are you going to get a whipping? It's how many lashes are you going to get? Right. Um, and, and I think something can be said there for the fact that we're, we're dealing with a time in which the overall threshold of violence in society was better. significantly lower. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, I just, I had right. to, I had I to mean, get that out of my system because you talk about of the Marquise of Queensbury rules. They come around around this time as because, a, as a limitation exactly, on because yeah. men's faces were turning into hamburger after <laughs> a single yeah. match, but that single match lasted 135 rounds. Yeah. Uh, well in 1794, he's now 20 years old, I believe maybe 18. Let's see. He was born in 1774. So, so that's 20 years. Yeah. He published his first collection of poems as a part of a collaboration with another writer and poet you might may have heard of. I don't know. Samuel Taylor Coleridge. Okay. Yeah. Coleridge. I know. Now a year later, Southie would marry his first wife, Edith, who was the sister-in-law to his partner. Okay. So, so Coleridge's Coleridge's wife's sister. sister. Okay. All right. Okay. So he married her in 1795, and in right. 1799, the two poets, Coleridge and Southey, were part of the early experiments with nitrous oxide. Ah, okay, yeah. Because, well, you know, fun. because upper-class twits, right. rakes, hey, laughing gas, let's, let's, let's have do a party. this. Yeah, yeah, let's have a party. Yeah. Okay, all right. So, and, you know, you get into some romanticism there, very proto-romanticism. Very, very like early, pre- Ecstatic, yeah. you know, yeah. experience. Yeah. Yeah. So he became part of what would later be known as the Lake Poets. Uh, yes. Which is a group of poets who allegedly lived in and near the Lake District of London, uh, who or, were essentially romantics, but they actually owed no specific allegiance to any single school of thought when it came to poetry. Okay, I just want to clarify, mm-hmm. Lake Lake District of London or the Lake District of the United Kingdom? 
I believe because I'm aware yeah. of a Lake District in 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 the UK. England. Okay, but did not. I'm not aware of of that being a neighborhood like of. Oh, I think you're London. right. I, yeah. I, okay. I should have said uh, the UK. Okay. Yeah. I just I it's wanted in Northwest England. Yes. It's nowhere near London. Yes. Okay. I just I yeah. wanted to I you're wanted right. to clarify. Right. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, now the term Lake Poets was itself a misnomer, as they weren't a cohesive group of poets, and they lived all over the place. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, as a name, you know, it, it, yeah. if you don't have an actual manifesto for an artistic movement, people writing about you and your contemporaries have to find shit to label you. Even though you it's know, wildly inaccurate. Well, yeah. well you yeah. know, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't, I, 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 I got nothing there, but, you know. Yeah. Well, now, yeah. Southie started somewhat to the left of center politically. Okay. So he Shock. What, you, yeah. mean, you mean to tell me. A poet. A poet. Yes. Who was... Kicked out of his first university uh-huh. for being anti-capital punishment. Right. Or corporal, corporal punishment. Yeah. We're having a night. Yeah, we are. <laughs> uh, it's been a long week. Yeah. Um, but but who got kicked out of his, his first university for being anti-corporal punishment. Uh-huh. You mean to tell me he might have a collectivist bent of mind? Well, he did to he start with. He might be a fucking liberal? But then he okay. grew more and more Tory as he aged, adopting the identity uh, of a lake poet more than most. He was like, yes, uh, okay. I like this label. And he got more and more Tory. Now, by 1809, he becomes the Poet Laureate. Now, okay. This is because Walter Scott, the Scotsman, yes, refused I... the position. Yes. Uh, he remained Poet Laureate until he died in 1843. South. Okay. Now, his most notable efforts were Goldilocks and the Three Bears uh, and a poem in 1796 called After Blenheim, uh, which was was an anti-war poem, uh, which spoke to the futility and the destruction of war itself. Yes. uh, Which he himself would actually reverse positions on by 1820. He started unironically, unironically calling the, the Battle of Blenheim the greatest victory England had ever had. So he, he kind of mm. did. He went. He went full boomer. Like yeah. like yeah. First first started out long haired hippie and mm-hmm. went completely establishment. Yeah, yeah. even like, including the the drugs and the communal living. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, and everything Absolutely. else. And you know, I find it interesting. Mm. I, I had to look this up while sure. while you were talking about this because his his arc mm-hmm. being what it is, um, I find very interesting because he's a somewhat older contemporary but longer lived mm-hmm. of byron. lord byron yep which was the first like okay so we're talking about an upper class twit yeah libertine you know mm-hmm. uh yeah and but but byron, byron by comparison 19 or something like uh 1824, 24, 24 19 yeah. april 1824 yeah. uh and uh also appear and wound up dying while he was off trying to join the fight for Greek independence say, yeah, on he was Cyprus. In the Greek. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, just, just there's the parallels men who live hit their me. Convictions, and then there's yeah. men who change their convictions to live. There you go. So, okay. So uh, anyway. yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he also uh, created some, or he wrote something called letters from England, which he'd penned in a different name. Uh, where he called out the inequities of British classism through the eyes of a foreigner. Okay, so kind this must have been as a younger man he wrote that. Uh, no, I think actually, yes, yes, yes. That okay, was, that was before okay. the that was uh, before Blenheim. the great ideological yeah. 
yeah. flip. Okay. Now, none of that I'm focusing on today. Instead, okay. it's his history of Brazil that piqued my interest. Hist- okay. So because it was Robert Southey in that history, um, because he he wrote, um, uh, he, he spoke of travel and things like that. Um, and in 1819, he wrote The History of Brazil, uh, wherein he first used the word, and this is the first English use of the word zombie. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. 1819. Okay. Now, it is an English adaptation of the Brazilian word zombie, which I'm okay. probably mispronouncing, but it's spelled without the E at the end. Okay. Now, yeah. Is that, do we know, is that taken from one of the African languages that got transported to Brazil with, with the enslaved people, or is that a Portuguese word? No, it is an African uh, word, actually, okay. uh, which I'm going to get into. Okay. The OED states that it's actually West African in origin, okay. uh, which lends a lot of credence to the Haitian connection to the word as well. Yes. Uh, there's even similarities between the word zombie, Z-O-M-B-I, and the word nzambi, uh, N-Z-A-M-B-I, nzumbi, N-Z-U-M-B-I, okay. zumbi, as well as nzumbi. Okay, and uh, so linguists yeah. could also get into the Mumbumbi. Yeah. Okay, so now these are all uh, in the Congo language, along okay. with other Bantu languages like Kimbundu, which have words like Nzumbi. Now, all, almost all of these have to do with a spirit or a deity who menaces and wanders the earth. Some being specific enough to translate uh, as a body without a soul. Okay. Various uses. Okay, all right. Now, Haiti, while under French rule, was peopled by enslaved peoples who were kidnapped and brought all over the uh, from West Africa, specifically what we now call Benin, Nigeria, Togo, the DRC, and several points in between. The French whites were outnumbered roughly 10 to 1 by the people that they held in slavery. I was going to say, yeah, the enslaved people outnumbered them by a massive... Yep. Yeah. As so much so that by 1788, the number of people held in slavery in Haiti topped 700,000 people. Now, in, wait, yes, stop. I'm yes. sorry. In 1788. Yes. 700,000 people were enslaved. Yes. The island is not that big. No. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the religion that those people who were enslaved carried with them, Dahomey traditions, Congo traditions, Yoruba traditions, yes. were then syncretized. I'm pulling a word from your dune. Yeah. Uh, with the Roman Catholicism uh, yes. of those who held them in slavery, the French. And they were mixed with the natives, the Taino. Uh, uh, who had lived on Haiti yeah. uh, and had been decimated by the Spanish, yeah. then further by the French. The result ultimately is this kind of Creole religion. Um, and I don't know if I'm using that f- word right. I think I am because it's three different things yeah. pulled together, synchronized. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was ultimately something that we came to know as voodoo. From Vodun. Right. Which is, there There were so many different spellings of voodoo and oh. as time went. Well, because because yeah. spelling in English of it, English words was not right. fully standardized yet in the 1780s, yeah. 18, early 1800s. But the one so, that I, I kept running so into borrow words for is... this part of the podcast, okay. at least, was V-O-D-O-U. Yes. Vodou. Yeah. Um, now, I'm, I'm not going to get too far into Vodou in this particular podcast. I'm saving it for the Steven Seagal episode. When I explain Marked for Death as a polemic diatribe on post-feminist dialectics and their impact on parliamentary proceedings as carried out by the Labor Party in the 1970s. So that's coming, but... I'm stoked. 
most will be. I, <laughs> it doesn't sound at all dry. No, not no, in the slightest. No, not in the least little bit. Uh, but okay. take the monotheism of Catholicism. Yeah. Such as it is. Mix hey, it. Hey, <laughs> now. Mix it with appealing to the saints. Yeah. And the real world direct you don't impact. Even need to, you don't need to mix it with appealing to the saints. You appeal <laughs> to the saints. True. To act as your intermediaries. Right. Because, you know, that's you get in a good maybe. word. Yeah. Anyway, you're only okay. worshiping. Anyway, never so mind. and keep, keep going and right. mix that with the real world in, direct impact that spirits have on us humans in the Dahomey, Yoruba, and Congo traditions. Yeah, and then mix all that together, and you get something called the Loa, which yes. also had forty different spellings. I'm going with L O A, although yeah, L V A, L W A. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I've only ever seen Loa. the one spelling. That's kind of which, okay. which tells Loa. me that okay, which, Loa which, is very much an Americanization. Yeah, of of, of something that Loa. is yeah. is oddly french sounding even though it's probably taken from oh i have an no doubt african that it's language yoruba yeah yeah a, wah sound yeah, yeah yeah but but there's there's vowel. something there's something about that right that right. that consonant construction yeah that sounds very very francophone to me so the loa yeah religion, uh which uh in which you have these spirits called the iwa uh and they interact with the divine creator yes uh known as bondye or grand met yeah. Uh, on our behalf. So as a Catholic, I'm sure you can be like, yes, that's okay. a one-to-one. One. Yeah, okay, yeah. That's, <laughs> you know? that's there we go. Yeah. There's yeah. literally... St. Bridget. Yeah. Like, there, there you, you go. go. We're good. There's literally Mary. thousands of Iwa. Okay. Uh, and only 20% of them are actually known by name, and that's an acknowledged fact of that religion. Okay. Which I, I think is which cool. makes sense, it, yeah. It leaves room. Yeah. Um, these Iwa have uh, saintly analogs, of course. Yeah. Um, and most are divided into what are called hot and cool or petuo and rada spirits. Okay, really hot and cold. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So uh, very, very, very emotional, wrathful. Oh, okay. Very, okay. very chill calm, and calm. serene. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Now, a zombie can be created or summoned by a bakor, which I've seen several spellings of that, yeah. uh, who is basically a necromancer sorcerer. Okay. Okay. Zombies in the Loa can either be corporeal and soulless slaves of the Bakor or spirits without bodies who act like spiritual batteries. You actually can keep them in jars and they uh, to power, power your right. your mystical exactly stuff to influence okay. what's going on. So okay. either you are a body without a soul or you are a soul without a body. So yeah. theoretically mm-hmm. a Bokor mm-hmm could act on mm-hmm. someone or something yes. and wind up creating two zombies simultaneously. If, if, if they separated a soul yeah, probably. from a body, sure. they could create the battery and have yeah. the husk yeah. to, to do their bidding. That's entirely possible. Although okay. perhaps like you only get one shot at yeah, the okay. thing. Yeah, so maybe right, you're only yeah. creating one or the other. Okay. Uh, don't know. Don't practice. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, but, um, if you notice, though, both are incomplete humans and thus susceptible to dominion and domination. Okay. okay. When your body is already held in bondage because you've been enslaved, such a fate is frightening because you can't escape even by dying. Oh, God. Yeah. Now, uh-huh. very often the French would identify who the Bacor was and make them the chief torturer. The old term was overseer. Um, yeah. of this of the people they held in slavery. 
And so, so wait, wait, yeah. wait, stop. Hold sure, on. Sure. They co-opted this? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Like, I mean, I knew that slavery was bad. That two, well, one, <laughs> one, that yeah. slavery was bad universally. And I knew that the, the, uh, um, trying to think what the right word is but the 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 way in which slavery was was enforced or was mm-hmm. was pursued sure. by the french in haiti was particularly cruel brutal. yes brutal i did not realize that it was that psychologically and spiritual like directly spiritually brutal like yes. no no we're going to take your your spiritual practitioners mm-hmm. And we're going to use them against you too. Yeah. While we're engaging in the kind of sadistic tortures mm-hmm. that that would make the Marquis de Sade sit up and take notice. Yes. I mean, I'm not going to say it would like make him blush because I don't think he that wouldn't. was doable. Right. But like, yeah, he'd be like, oh, you what now? Yeah. That's, you know, that's messed up. That's yeah. that's creative. Right. You know. Um. Wow. That's yeah. that's a whole well, new level of fucked. Yeah, well, and it just goes to show what you can do when you keep people from being able to eat. <sighs> you know, now you've you've turned <sighs> a spiritually significant person, yeah, against their own, yeah, and turned them against. Like you've created a situation. Yeah, it's bad. You can see why. Haiti revolted. Uh, mm, and and yes. the amount of editing I had to do to to pull stuff out because there's a lot of actual connections between Voodoo and to Saint Louverture as well as uh Papa Doc later on. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, now he did it much time. more nefariously, but uh to Saint yeah. he absolutely made use of this and it actually empowered his people and, and Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was it was really quite something, but uh, had to cut somewhere. So okay. anyway, uh, in the 1800s, the Haitian government had a very specific law on the books recognizing what a zombie was. I'm going to quote. Also shall be qualified as attempted murder the employment which may be made by any person of substances which, without causing actual death, produce a lethargic coma more or less prolonged. If, after the administering of such substances, the person has been buried, the act shall be considered murder, no matter what result follows. Oh, okay. So now this is the reason that I asked about Serpent and the Rainbow. Okay. Because mm-hmm. uh, the movie, The Serpent and the Rainbow, is based on the book, The Serpent okay. and the Rainbow. Okay. Uh, which is, to, to, to condense things a bit, the mm-hmm. TLDR version is it is a a realistic in air quotes uh story about mm-hmm. zombification and yes. and I assume you're going to get into this is the West the Craven actual movie, right? yes yeah okay yeah yeah I will be getting to okay that. I assume I assume in the process of of talking about this law mm-hmm. we're now going to move into talking about the actual herbalism and and stuff Some. that was okay to Some. to explain yeah. the the real world Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. The science behind it. Yeah. Uh, I I get into that less so because I'm looking at this more as how zombies are depicted. Okay. Over time in in popular okay. movies. So okay. So I want you to jump in with that stuff. Okay. When, when it comes up. 
Okay. So anyway, so that's that was the law that was on the books. Yeah. You know, it's still murder even if you can zombify. Even them. even even if they come back up out of the out of the ground, right. it's still murder. Still counts. So yeah. so now the the process of this was that that the individual who was trying to zombify mm-hmm. somebody mm-hmm. a a uh, bokor mm-hmm. would um, administer a, a drug an herb. Yes. I don't remember what the what the mixture was mm-hmm. that would actually induce a a death like state, yeah. and and they would subject people who were in this state to mm-hmm. burial. Yes, and then wait long enough for them to wake up and then dig them up. Right. If I'm remembering correctly, right. And then basically, these folks believed they had been turned into zombies. Yes, yes. The the psychological impact of it was. Oh my God, mm-hmm. I'm I he he has zombified me. Right, and and trying to I went through like, the ritual. I went through the ritual. Therefore, yep. and uh, and there's a whole long list of things that like if you're the Bokor, you want to make sure that your zombies don't do this, that, or the other thing mm-hmm. because then they're going to remember their lives and their families, and right. they'll go back. Right, which to a scientific rational mind means they're not actually undead. Right. You haven't actually killed them. You you've programmed you've, them. You've you've yeah. It's yeah. brainwashing yeah. and like, and and so there's this there's this whole fascinating layer mm-hmm. of psychology mm-hmm. and and folklore and like deprogramming. Yes. That that's that that gets involved when you're talking about the real world yep. practice of this stuff. And when you bring up the law being on the books, mm-hmm. I just think you know that's the time to kind of mention that. Yeah. Sure. So anyway. Carry so on. We're going to fast forward. Yes. Uh, because as, as fascinating as the liberation of Haiti is, it's a sad ass story where the United States intervenes and interferes almost immediately economically to impoverish yeah. them and set up a a history of over 200 years of Haiti just gets fucked by being of, right next like, to us. Like bad shit. Yeah. Yeah. But I do want to zoom forward to 1915 where the United okay. States occupies Haiti. So from 1915 <laughs> to 1934, the United States okay. occupied Haiti, and the word and the concept of zombie worked its way into popular U.S. culture by this point. Now, 1915 is we are not yet mm-hmm. in World War II. This is true, but we also have uh, Birth of a Nation. Oh, we have big films. Right, we have movies as being an imparter of the national stories. And, I find it yeah. interesting that we're specifically hearing the title Birth of a Nation mm-hmm. in relationship to our occupation of a majority black island. Yes. I'm just like yeah. I'm I'm, I'm teeing where, yeah. I'm teeing that one up for you yeah. because I see that coming. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So and it goes all the way to nineteen thirty four, so that gets yeah. us all the way to the talkie. Oh gee many Christmas. So. Okay. So, yeah. Now, wow. since the 1930s was a huge time for horror movies to explode. Oh, okay. It's yeah. no surprise that White Zombie came onto the big screen in 1932. Okay. And, yeah, because, of course, they had to point out White Zombie the same way they made a big deal about white slavery. Mm-hmm. Because it's only really a horror movie if it's happening to... The white women. Oh, to, yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, what... like yeah, it, right. it gets worse. So oh, uh, what zombie movies started as and what they meant at the time and what they have turned into 
post-1968, it's really a tale of two kinds of zombie movies. Now, okay. We might find ways to parse it after 1968 as well. Okay. But quite frankly, 1968 is the watershed moment. So everything okay. prior to 68, you're going to see one type of zombie movie. Okay. And then everything after 1968, again, in the American system, uh, you're going to see a different kind of zombie movie. Okay. So uh, because the Italians loved making erotic zombie movies for some reason. It was weird. Post-1968. Okay, wait. So, yeah. Stop me. Okay. Here. Well, no, don't stop me. Hold up. Okay. Um, Erotic zombie movies. Yeah, it was uh, Spanish like, and the Italians. Both oh, really liked making erotic okay. zombie films. With, with, with the same lore surrounding zombies that they are corpses. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it gets weird. Does, yeah, does, weird. does, like... There's even Kung fascism, Fu zombie movies. Does, well, okay, like... Yeah. No, I'm Kung talking post zombie movies. I'm talking post sixty. Well, yeah, I know, but that's, that. but that's but that's yeah. that's that's post World War Two. Post like yeah. that's, that's. I mean, in, in Spain, in Spain, that's still Franco. Yeah, but but like the relationship between having had a fascist government and mm-hmm. and having that particular kink, yeah. like I don't want to. I don't. Yeah. Far be it for me to kink shame, but that one is alien enough to me. Yeah. Like there, I th- I think that there's some aspects of it where I mean we're talking post sixty eight so yeah. erotica as cinema is yeah. a pretty common thing yeah so you're kind of combining like well okay well let's put like we we've already figured out peanut butter and chocolate yeah why don't we try rice checks and chocolate okay why don't we try okay. you know wheat checks and chocolate okay you know and All so right. it just kind of feels yeah okay. But but there was enough of it that they kept making them too. Okay. Which yeah, which which honestly like, having rice checks in the Nutella, kind of a nice crunch. Yeah. Maybe not for everybody. Okay. But yeah, you know, little dab will do you. Okay, corpses. No, yeah. No yeah. dabs. Thank you. Anyway, so, moving on. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we're gonna of course talk yeah. many points in between as well. So yeah, well, yeah. White zombie. Okay. okay what? Yes. White Back zombie to right. takes the idea of a zombie. From the zeitgeist of American horror literature and theater. Okay. okay. Now, the U.S. was occupying Haiti, so it was a new place for some sort of fetishization of black folks for the authors. Yeah. Now, we talk about William B. Seabrook. I don't know if you've heard of his name. I have not. Okay. He wrote a book in 1929 on Haitian voodoo. Now, Seabrook was an American occultist and a traveler who wrote about it at a time where such things were allowed to occur unmolested by things like ethics or veracity. Okay. <laughs> okay. Think of a more irritating version of Hemingway. Okay. That's Seabrook. Okay? Or Herodotus. Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, you but, know. But one let's who's be... very focused on his masculinity as a defining feature. Oh. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, still Herodotus, but okay. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Now, a year after his trip to Haiti, Seabrook yeah. claimed to have taken part in a ritualistic cannibal rite in West Africa, for instance. Okay. Okay. So he goes to uh, Haiti, I believe, in 1929. Uh, he, and he then he must have been just so much fun at parties. Well, it's funny you mentioned oh, that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I did. Yeah. You know, I ate. People. I ate people. Yeah. Now, while why it's you got to be a one upper? Yeah. Well, jackass. it's true that he traveled to West Africa. Okay. Uh, he later stated that he was in fact barred by the tribe from the ritual, and that instead that oh, he got yeah. some human flesh from a nearby hospital and cooked it himself. Oh, yeah, that's not fucking creepy. Right. And he talks about it 
for a paragraph about how it's closest to veal, but you know some of the state. I mean, it is not worth including, quite honestly. Um, yeah. But uh, I I found a sociology journal editor um, at the time, and here's what she said of his book. She said, "Quote." Uh, with a black sorceress as a companion, he penetrates forbidden paths to view circumcision rites, and he gets on intimate enough terms with the royal minstrel to indulge in confidential asides and on their ceremonies. After achieving such intimacy with the natives, it is not surprising that the author throws off the civilized inhibitions against cannibalism and indulges in a steak from a freshly killed man. In spite of the author's effort to lead us jauntily along these primitive, uh, among these primitive people and make us recognize beneath their customs as well as their skins a close kinship, they remain exotic creatures without common humanity which one finds in the African uh, of Mary Kingsley's West African Studies. Wow. So that's what somebody reviewing the book said. Wow. About him. So he made shit up whole cloth. I yeah, oh, yeah. Um, now, he claimed it consistently throughout, but it just, it, it feels very much like Tall Tale meets Explorers Club of, like, the late 1800s, like Sir yeah. Richard Burton shit. Yeah. And, meets and, Tall Tales. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, now, without having read all of his book, the best I can figure is that he's talking about the Cron tribe which he refers to in his book called the, uh, and he calls them the Guer, G-U-E-R-E, and there's a, a, a accent over the E. Okay. They're an ethnic group from modern-day Liberia and Cote d'Ivoire. Uh, we used to call it the Ivory Coast. Yeah. They call themselves Cote d'Ivoire, but I don't know French very well. That's actually now, not too bad. Oh, thank you. Of, as, as your, as your as my French, French pronunciations go, that's, <laughs> that one's not bad. Now, no account that I found has linked the Kron or the Gare people to cannibalism, ritual or otherwise. There is animism. There are offerings to bush spirits and the like, uh, but there's no cannibalism. I think there's even stuff about masks that they really get into. Um, regardless, Seabrook appeared to be well-traveled enough before this trip to go to Haiti. He'd long been an occultist, even having Aleister Crowley stay with him for a while. Well, okay. Yeah. Having Aleister Crowley on your resume is mm-hmm. not exactly a glowing character recommendation. Probably not. Pro- oh, probably. No, no, no. But no. if you're going for occultist Crow- cred. He got kicked out of the Order of the Golden Dawn for being an asshole. Yes. But if you're I'm going just, for occultist cred, yeah, right, not, so not, not uh, you know, you know hey, white magician cred, yeah. but okay, yeah. yeah. So, well, I mean, very white, but not, you know, yeah. Glinda the Good Witch, right? white magician cred. Um, yeah, no, I just, momentary aside, sure. Crowley was an asshole and a creep and probably a rapist. So, yes. like, anyway, so I just need to, need to yeah, get yeah. that out, Absolutely. clear the air about that before we move on so okay anyway so in 1929 seabrook wrote the magic island okay where he became the first american and by extension english language writer to bring the concept of zombie into the american zeitgeist oh with him as its conduit you can imagine what movies started out as oh my god so he does this in 29 white zombie comes out in 1932 it is still regarded as the first feature-length zombie movie ever it's not a good one either, but you got to look at its source material. Yeah. Okay. And weirdly, its source material it both is and isn't Seabrook's The Magic Island. There was a Broadway play simply called Zombie by Kenneth Webb. Kenneth Webb based it off The Magic Island, 
Uh, however, the screenplay was taken much more from the Magic Island, which is what helped them to avoid a successful lawsuit by Webb at the time uh, for, hey, you stole my play uh, and made it a movie. And they're like, it's yeah. called White Zombie. I don't know what you mean. Uh, yeah. Now, Bella Lugosi, fresh yes. off of Dracula, baffled so many people by taking a role in this movie. The movie itself had an anemic budget. It was an 11-day shooting schedule. Uh, it had unproven directors. Uh, now, you remember, an 11-day shooting schedule back then was fairly normal because think about like... Yeah, well, um, they're cranking out they're exactly. cranking out units all Who am the I time. thinking of? The Keystone yeah. Cops. Those yeah, guys, oh, yeah, they were yeah. cranking out, you know, Yeah, well, it was all, I mean, it was, it was all formula. It was all, yeah. you know, and, and being being a movie actor was a workday punch clock exactly. kind of job. Exactly. I mean, I get that, but still. Yeah. Now, Lugosi did command a salary of $5,000. Okay, which and is that's I believe a lot of money. Well, since the budget was fifty thousand, yeah. Okay. Uh, so so yeah, he was the draw. Yeah, is what you said is they could say yes. Bella Lugosi in White Zombie. Yes. Yeah, oh, okay. absolutely. His okay, name right. is above the title. Yeah. Well, um, and he did ten yeah. days of work on an eleven day shoot. Okay. Five thousand dollars. So right. most of the rest of the crew and cast were Baby's falling. Got to eat. Yeah. Uh, most of the rest were falling stars from the silent film era, so uh, that kept the budget low. Okay. Uh, now, Lugosi plays a white Haitian voodoo master named Murder Legendaire. Okay. A white guy who looks vaguely Asian, by the way. So cue the Orientalism Corey, here. Yeah, uh, exotic. Like yeah. across the board, exoticism. Yes. Like, yeah. Okay. But but very much like we are talking. There is an aspect of what Saeed would later call. Orientalism. Oh yeah, right? oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which is a I, I theme mean, that kind of keeps yeah, calling. No, I, I mean, I mean so much uh, that you've got not just the Orientalism in the movie, but also mm-hmm. the fetishization of you know black religion. Oh yes, quite like, so. like it's yeah. just like oh hey, look at all these not white folks. Right, like right, yeah. and here's all these white folks in the middle. In of the all. middle of this terrifying, so scary now you bunch can experience of all of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, he uses his voodoo powers to zombify the leading lady, who's played by Madge Bellamy. Uh, who is the love interest of a plantation owner and the fiancé <laughs> to a banker. Uh, okay. Yeah. So we have a love triangle yeah. to start with. Yes. Between a plantation owner. Between a plantation Loving owner. on uh, the leading lady named... Yeah. Uh, the leading lady's name is Madge Bellamy. I forget her yeah. character's name. Uh, okay. And so plantation owner loves her. So that's why, you know, he's inviting everybody to Haiti. Okay. Um, and then there's a banker who's her fiance. So, of course, you got to bring your boyfriend. Oh, wow. Um, there's also a former high executioner. Oh, because, you know. Like you do. Dead people movie. Okay. Right. A former witch doctor who used to be Legendre's own teacher and a few uh, other characters. Okay. All right. I just want to say, yeah. uh, Madge, Madge Bellamy was cute. quite the quite the quite the beauty. Honestly, right, she doesn't okay. look that different from Lillian Gish. This is true, yeah. but there you go. Right. I mean, yeah. Okay. And you know, I'm a sucker for brunettes. So. Yeah. So there you are. So so okay. Yeah. Anyway, you've got uh, all these other people. By the way, none of them are are black. None of them. None of them. None of them. Not that I could find pictures. Wait, of. the former witch doctor also or retired. Not black. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you could look up on IMDb. So the so the movie. scary spiritualism yeah. is clearly African, but there aren't any African people showing up in, like, speaking parts. There's one. Oh no. There's one. Oh no. He's a chauffeur. <sighs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> so in many ways, not even not even <laughs> working on the plantation. Right. Do we see? Right. Right. 
Oh my god. Okay. No, none that would get screen time. They might be background products. Okay. All know, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, like a Miley Cyrus good. video when she first got started. Yeah. Um, almighty. Okay. So in many ways, it's a classic Dracula story. Quite honestly, you just it it kind of kind of sounds yeah. like it. The lore is altered. Yeah. But and, the the beats are basically the same. Yeah, and you okay. have a Moriarty versus Holmes ending, complete with a cliff and somebody oh, falling off. No kidding. Now, what's worth noting here is, besides all the casual racism, is that zombies... <laughs> is it really that casual? Uh, I mean, I mean yeah, it it's is. like latent, yeah. but I don't know if I'd say casual. Like... I feel would be the word I feel for like it, it, I feel like when it's that in. intense yeah. it's not casual. But to I, them was it that intense? That's what gets me. Okay. Yeah. Casual but overwhelming. Yes, that's a good okay. way to put it. Yeah. Kind of like my shirt. I I don't find it overwhelming okay. in the slightest. But yeah. all right. But you get the joke. I, I'm I'm for those because yeah. of course this is an audio medium. I'm I'm wearing a, a very loudly patterned Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. It's it's cool it, colors though. Yeah, so, so like, it doesn't Yeah, yeah okay. But anyway, so anyway. Uh, besides that, the, the, the notable thing is that a zombie is controlled by another intelligence here. Yes. And throughout this movie, uh, the zombies do the bidding of uh, murder legendre. Le- legendre. Le- legendre. 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 Legend, yeah. Whatever. I'm, I'm imagining how it's spelled. It's and... legend with R-E at the end. Yeah. Legendre. Legendre. There you go. And and my pronunciation isn't yeah. that great either, but that's it's at least an at approximation. Least it's not Latin where you try yeah. to pronounce all the things. Leg and dre. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it, no word would end like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, are you, what are you putting a D and an R next leg, to each other? Leg, at the end legend, of a word? Legendarus. Yeah. Anyway, you can. So that Sorry. which must be read. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's what it means. That's what the word nice. legend comes from. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. That was read. okay. All right. So uh, anyway. Once the intelligence is taken off the board or taken out of the picture, the zombies lose direction and purpose, ambling off the nearest cliff. Okay. And the zombies can be anyone. But if they're the leading lady, they can be redeemed through the power of, I don't know, plot, love, lady Dick. boners. I don't know. Like, okay. Yeah. Her love for her fiance. It's never quite uh, clear never... why she's able to redeem other than the fact that the plot demands the, pl- the that plot demands that the ingenue return... be yeah. rescued, uh, return exactly. to status quo pro ante. Yeah. Okay. Now, zombies here are the victims. Okay. They are the victims. Now, they're also all white victims. So the horror the horror mm-hmm. in this paradigm is the threat of becoming a zombie. Yes. Okay. You could lose your agency as a white person due to this <laughs> oriental <laughs> magic practiced by a white man in the South uh, Caribbean. Which is full of black people. Right. Right. Yeah. We won't even okay. mention them because they don't show they up don't, in the film. They're not going to show up in the film. But, but yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, they're also all white victims who are first killed by potions of some sort and then dug back up and zombified. So now we've got desecration okay. of corpses. Okay, desecration too. of corpses. In also, fact, yeah. the, 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 uh, the, the fear of being buried alive. No, you're dead when when, when, when you get when you go well. In. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I understand, but yeah. the the idea of like you're identifying with the person who's being buried. Oh, sure, sure. And and like even though they're not conscious, you're thinking of your own body going into the grave. Potentially, in facto, you're thinking about being buried alive. Anyway, yeah, anyway possibly. There's, there's I think more subrosis that, psychology. More that on. you don't get to rest in peace. Okay, all right, that you works know. Too. Yeah. So uh, a movie based in Haiti where the only black person is the chauffeur who <laughs> was not a zombie. Yeah. 
which I find this fascinating. And and I did some digging on this actor just because I love these kinds of rabbit holes. His name is Clarence Muse, and he played this part. Uh, and he had not started out to be an actor. In fact, Clarence Muse was originally enrolled in Dickinson School of Law to become a lawyer. But he quit after 1908 as he saw little chance of a black man getting to make a living in Pennsylvania as a lawyer. Okay. So then he moved up to New York to make a living as a stage actor in Harlem. Which you could do. Yeah. Yeah. Which he did. And he was doing quite well for himself as a Lafayette player. There's a Lafayette theater. It's yeah, very, yeah. very, yeah. very um, famous in the, the Harlem Renaissance. He ended up in Hollywood by way of Chicago. And then he started in film. Second build in Hearts of Dixie which is the first all-black talkie. Oh, wow. And now Hearts of Dixie, which none of this has to do with zombies, but I, I love the story of Charles yeah, Mews. Yeah. Um, Hearts of Dixie was a kind of like American graffiti, a very loosely tied plot okay. connecting through music. Okay. Several stories that are just kind of joined. Kind of hanging there out. Yeah, next to each they're other. adjacent okay. and maybe yeah. there's a through line. But it was still very much a white representation of several black stereotypes. Okay. Muse was in and out of the top bill for the rest of his career in Hollywood. He also continued vaudeville opera and was even the first black director of a Broadway play in 1943. Oh, wow. Called Run Lil' Chillin'. Okay, because Um, of course in 1943... Well, here's the thing though. This particular one was actually a very fubu type of play. It was made by black folks for black folks to consume. And it was was called a folk opera and it's basically a musical drama from the Harlem Renaissance. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. So it's actually it, okay. Very right. cool. Cool. Anyway, he was the only black person credited in that film, <laughs> and he was huh. not in any way connected to the voodoo that was represented in that film, which is really odd to me since it's on the island of Haiti, which yeah. is again ten to with, one black to white, or uh, more yeah. after the revolution. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I mean, the religion itself is West African and then brought over and it's, then mixed yeah, with Taino. Yeah, like. It is a very black thing, and yet the one black guy in the whole film is completely divorced from all of it. Yeah. So this movie gets largely panned. Okay. Okay. Uh, There was one theme that did seem to crop up in some of the reviews that I read, though. Uh, In this silver screen fetishization of a book that seemed more interested in lurid details than an examination of the actual aspects of one part of Haitian culture, it's still pretty obvious that it was 1932. And that a zombie, in addition to everything that I mentioned so far, could also be an allegory for class exploitation under capitalist and colonial colonial systems, especially oh. when you said it in Haiti. And the reviewers were not immune to seeing that. However, it is white on whiteness, um, yeah. including a plantation owner and a banker. I cannot emphasize yeah. that relationship enough. Uh, they are the saviors of the white maiden. And they are the undoers of the voodoo white guy uh, who looks vaguely Asian. And they become the heroes of the tale. And that leads me to think that they actually got it right completely by accident. <laughs> that, yeah. that it was uh, a, a, a movie that talked about class, class exploitation under capitalism and colonialism. But by accident, because I think subconsciously what really was happening on a dog whistle level was that they were making a point about Bolshevism and international Jewry. Probably. It's 1932. 1932. It's Hollywood. Yeah. Okay. And since it's one of the select few American horror films that's approved by the Nazis in Germany, I think it's probably more what I just 
posited than it is my hope that it was class exploitation. Okay, wait. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) Right? So... So the Nazis, so the Nazis like, looked no, at like shit works. Yeah, Lon Chaney as the Wolfman and right. said no. Right. right. Like, nah, no, no, no. None of that. None of that. Right. This shit. Yeah, no, this 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 makes, this makes okay. This fits with our ideas of race. But everybody in the movie is fucking white. <laughs> this fits with their ideas of race. Like, well, okay, there is okay, granted. But and, like and you've got a vaguely eastern looking guy yeah okay so who 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 Mm -hmm. to to the nazi critics he didn't look asian he looked slavic yes gonna because well because it is bella lugosi yes so he was slavic yeah um yes so it's international jewelry they're making a zombie of us that and it's it's these two white guys a landowner and a Aryan man these these burly Aryan men are gonna go yeah oh my god that hurts. It does. It's that it, fucking like, hurts. I bet you when I started talking about white zombie, you didn't think, oh, this is on the approved list for the Nazis. Yeah, no. Like Goebbels. No. Like, yeah, this is good. Yeah, yeah no. No. <laughs> no, you know, and the thing is, I'm amazed. I'm amazed that any horror movie. I mean, no, knowing what I know. Yes. About, you know, the, from 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 the record, what we know about the people who were in the highest echelons of mm-hmm. the Nazi party, like that. Any horror movies mm-hmm. got got through because the whole genre yeah. is on some level transgressive. Like in order to be a horror movie, right. there has to be some level of subversion of something. Yes. And like everybody at the highest ranks of the Nazi party was using the hardest drugs and like yes. just completely blitzed out of their minds in any number of different ways. Yep. But they were all fucking prigs. Yes. Such such sticks up their ass. Yeah. I mean, part of part of like, their their uh, night of long knives was to get rid of the guys who like to fuck. Yeah, like Ernst Rohm loved yeah. fucking. <laughs> Boy, did he! Uh, and they're like, "Oh, he's first on our list." Yeah, well, yeah, well, you know? and yeah. it wasn't just because he liked to fuck, D- but that was but certainly, that certainly helped. That was that was like, well, yeah. you know, and on top of the fact that he's in the way to our march to power, right. He likes to fuck. He gets laid a lot. Right. And that's just. Right. That's not morally upright. Well, also the fact Say the that people who are planning on committing mass yeah. murder. Yes. Well, and. You but know, anyway. Keep in mind, he was yeah. also very gay and very out about it. Oh. Oh, yeah. And, I, he, was, and that, he was a stone cold badass. Like he was a, a. Like that guy with the thousand yard stare after a battle who would just yeah. as soon snap your neck as like reach yeah. for a walnut. That's Ernst Rome. Really? Like he was a he was fucking really hard that, ass. Okay. Yeah. And well, he was the yeah. leader of the SA. So right, right. like you'd kind of expect that. And that's the that kind of guy be... you want to be in charge of it <laughs> until you're like, oh shit. Like he he's really a bad we gotta get rid of that guy. Yeah. Also he's gay. So, so yeah. You know, there you go. But boy did he love to fuck. Wow. Ernst okay. loved to fuck. All right. Anyway, so uh yeah, so the Nazis were totally down for this movie, which was yeah. set in Haiti and talking about African based religions and look at being these a looming threat right. to yeah okay yeah wow now a fun detail about the opening of this film was that in quebec canada they redid the edifice of the theater to make it look more like a house of horrors and they had zombies walking around on top of the marquee oh no kidding so you had a zombie walk no kidding yeah, in quebec canada oh wow yeah 
So. Cool. Now, as often happens with movies in the 1930s, they tried for a sequel. We've seen this. Wouldn't we talk yeah. about Batman, right? Yeah, yeah. Although that was the 40s, but same. But as often also happens, this desire to make money means a total lack of fidelity to the original piece in question. Yes. Still, given the source material, that's also not a bad that's, thing. That's thematically appropriate. Now, of course, owing to a lawsuit, they could not promote it as a sequel because shit's weird. So there's Okay, that. wait. Yeah. Lawsuit from the guy that wrote the play? No. This was a different lawsuit. I think there's a distribution company involved and a studio involved and the create. So so they wild. just, they, they, they fucked everybody over. Yes. yes. Okay. So yeah. you couldn't market it as, oh, if you love White Zombie, you'll love this one. Yeah. It couldn't, but it, it, thematically it's a sequel, okay. but you couldn't call it such, okay. right? Now, it had the same director. Okay. He even just recycled some of the same shots from the first film. Well, because why wouldn't you? Yeah, but beyond that, there's little else that remains. It's it's okay. shorter. Um, uh, now here's where it gets weird. It starts in Europe. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I believe this one is from. Let's see. The first one was 32, so I think this one is 1934. And I I don't think I wrote down the title. Uh, but it, it's shorter. It starts in Europe. It 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 completely eschews the Haitian origins. And it goes whole hog into Orientalism. Um, and again, it's a fetishization of Easternness, right? Uh, you you are looking at me askance. Okay, so wait. Mm-hmm. So, zombies. Yes. As a phenomenon. Yes. As a thing. Mm-hmm. Are rooted, like, absolutely rooted. Yes. Uh, incontrovertibly in, in West African spirituality mm-hmm. and the syncretism from that into voodoo yeah oh by the way this one is is but, in 1936 and okay. it's called revolt of the zombies revolt of That's the zombies okay. okay so go on yeah so it's, it's absolutely so rooted in it's absolutely right. absolutely rooted in in african spirituality yes. ultimately yes and and they're they they somehow transposed yes easternism uh-huh into this yeah did, did they attend was it just vaguely asian or yeah. did they well, try to I mean, say you know chinese sorcery no, or no, like cambodian what they, Cam, cambodian cambodian i mean because they go to because Phnom nobody Phen and they go to uh Ang, what's angkor it? wat thank you that one um uh, yeah they go Ang, there and okay yeah they for a zombie movie yes they go to angkor wat yes which is buddhist yes a tradition that doesn't have anything to do with zombies and has no lore about zombies. Good. You seem to have, but all the parts they, in place. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So they end up in Cambodia post world oh. war one. Okay. With all sorts of post world war one colonial allies. Yeah. There's a guy okay. from this country, a guy from that. Country. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. No, the, the whole, the whole, and uh, their boxer they're, rebellion. Yeah. Redux. No, okay. no, no. This is French, uh, Indochina stuff. Uh-huh. Like that's yeah, that's so that's what yeah. they're aiming at because they go there and they're like, how come the Cambodians just don't want to work anymore? Oh fuck you! Uh, All right, okay. And for some reason, there's a woman there with them because plot. Um, and <laughs> and then the focus becomes because you have to have a vulnerable woman to drive right. all of the men to go rescue her. Right. She I mean, duh. Them. Yeah. Like, come on. So the focus becomes uh fixated on turning her into a zombie for the purpose of becoming the antagonist love slave 
Okay. Rinse and repeat. Like, like yeah. understand that's that's the only the villain's motive is yeah. the only part of this I look at and it makes sense. Right. Like But again, zombie equals enslavement. Yeah, it by equals a, by a malevolent intelligence. Yeah, loss of so, loss of yes. agency. Yes. Threatened agency of a white woman. Right. By somebody who is, in this case, the bad guy is not even vaguely Asian. He's right. he's like explicitly, I'm guessing, a Cambodian sorcerer. No, no, he's oh, still white. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, yeah, all right. Um, wow. But uh, now, now, because you don't want to even threaten miscegenation. Oh yeah, in okay. a film. Yeah, silly me. Yeah, right. I of mean, course. Come on. Yeah. Uh, now, what I really like about this, like Fay is... Ray, could be lusted after by a great ape, but yeah. like you know. Other human races are like off the table. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's All that's right, not okay. whatever. Jesus, uh, I, I would, I really like the idea that, that you you brought this up too, and you said that uh, a woman's agency. Yeah, in in the thirties, right? Yeah, like <laughs> which agency can't, is can't there? have your own bank account, right? Can't like oh, can't buy your own car, yeah. can't you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but to me, but yeah, but but you know, mm-hmm. still. Yes. Still, gotta protect her, her virtue. Her her virtue That's has to really be really what it's about. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. The more remarkable part to me was the, the emphasis on Haiti for the source of zombies and the continued theme of exploiting the innocent, former and current colonized folks as a background. Those two things I found very interesting. Didn't there is a subconscious. There is yeah. a subconscious theme going on there for sure. Yeah. Like you could have said it in post boxer rebellion china you and could have. it would have been you could have kept i mean it in same Haiti, story quite you could have you could have yeah you could have put it in cuba you could have put it anywhere in south america you could have put it almost anywhere in africa you could have you could have put Libya. it in louisiana yeah i mean you, i mean you know you're absolutely right um wow all yeah. right okay so there were a few other movies at that time that featured zombiness Okay. But I found that I was needing to nuance this a little bit because just because zombies are a feature of a movie doesn't mean they are the feature of the movie. Yeah, they're not the central yeah, focus. Yeah, it's not the main plot. So in 1934, there's a movie called Maniac, for instance, but it was really just a sexploitation film, which drew inspiration from Edgar Allan Poe's uh, The Black Cat. Oh, okay. Which... I had never heard of the Black Cat until Janet Jackson sang uh, her song. Yeah. So I assumed the lyrics would be the same as the poem. I was wrong. Yes. Uh, but it definitely got reanimation as a central point. Okay. Okay. And it's really about sexploitation scenes, though. And, yeah, well. And I watched some of it. Um, and yeah. It was, it was 1930s sexploitation. <laughs> so women walking around in their underwear. Uh, but the underwear is like way more modest than our outerwear the, now. Than our, yeah. And in fairness, it's a shit ton hotter out now, so I'm fine with whatever <laughs> people want to wear. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, and they had all these women talking about these guys that they're dating, and there's one she puts like this strap around her butt, and then it jiggles her. It's one of those old time. Oh movies. yeah yeah so yeah yeah. So you're watching watching yeah. Um and you know they're just <laughs> wow they're bending over so you can see a hint of cleavage. You know this is 1934. Yeah. So well, so all of that right is that's yeah. that's the 1934 equivalent of Porky's. Yes. Yeah. Um and and uh this was on the there was a sexploitation circuit of film houses. That was a thing. <laughs> and so the zombiness uh, did exist, but, but it, it was it was it was as yeah. a as a vehicle for Yeah, I mean it's else. in the same way that Sorority House Massacre isn't really about the dangers of Pledge Week or serial killers. <laughs> They're there, but it's but, really but it's, about the boobies. Yeah. You know? Which by the way, it's, it's there's a few fun scenes in it. Yeah. Mostly hearing people's reaction to someone getting killed because they think it's sex. 
Yeah, isn't that funny? Wow. Now, this movie gets renamed as Sex Maniac, and then it runs on the exploitation circuit uh, with alongside the movie Narcotic with an exclamation point. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they don't even have the excuse that the art form was young. Right. For these titles. Right. Like, you know, yeah. we, we, we now, you've, you've complained, still, you've still complained. New, yeah. Wise. But you've, you've complained in the past about, yeah. you know, early science fiction novels. Like that's the title. Right. Really? Right. I'm, I'm listening to this, like re- the narcotic. Yeah. Well, that keep, seriously. Yeah. Now keep in mind these, these two movies, right. They came out in 34. Yeah. They predate sex madness and reefer madness by two years. So they're not even good enough to be the iconic ones. Which, by the way... They might be the trope originators, but they're not the codifiers. Exactly. Yeah. Which, by the way, if you watch Reefer Madness, I don't know if you ever have. I have not. Okay. Uh, I've seen clips, but I've I've never seen seen the whole movie. Uh, I have a copy of Sex Madness. Okay. And, oh my God, is it awful. (laughs) I mean... She well, she had sex with somebody, you know, before she got married. Yeah. And so she didn't know she has syphilis. And now her child is, I think they use the word mongoloid in the film because, of course, it was 1936. Um, but her child is so developmentally deformed. Oh, my God. That it's a what? lump and she feels so guilty. And yeah. And it's just like. But that's wow. that's, you know what? Okay. Maybe we should right. talk about. What do we? What do we want to call it? Moral hygiene films. Yeah, it, it as, another as its own topic, as its own thing. Yeah. Now there's another movie My called God Uwanga, O U A N G A, in 1936. Okay. This featured a black female lead. Okay. Um. So follow me on this this uh this plot line. A okay. Scorned lover turns to okay. voodoo to get her white lover back. Okay. So already their relationship is itself problematic. Yeah. For the time. For the time. Uh, it's, it's it's transgressive. Yes. Good way to put it. Uh, now, it's clumsy. It's unremarkable. It's a fucking tired-ass movie. Like, okay. It's, it's just not... I watched so many shitty zombie movies for this. I've been, I've been at it for a while. <laughs> so that's four movies in four years that have zombies in them where previously none existed. So something's hot here. Now, it doesn't mean all of them have zombiness at their core, but they're all touching on it at least. Yeah. And a few other movies did touch on voodoo, but the zombies aren't a focus during the war years at all. Yeah. Um, that novelty has faded to the background uh, of other aspects that are far, far more exploitable. The next time that you see a zombie heavily featured in a movie is 1941, and now it's in a comedy. So this makes a lot of sense from a zeitgeist perspective. There's a war on. It's a huge war. It's it's existentially terrifying. We need to laugh at the things that frighten us. So The King of Zombies... Uh, is uh, is just such a film uh, in 1941. Uh, they're blown off course where they land in the middle of a spy plot and there's a clever but easily flight- frightened black manservant um, and there's a zombie voodoo ritual in a basement and as usual, the zombies stop being zombies when the one in charge loses his agency. Okay, so, so, this is, so the sorcerer gets... Yeah, taken out of the equation, exactly. and they all get and everybody. Free. Oh, okay. what? Where? Where am I? What you happened? Know? Yeah, the spell is broken. Right. Okay. So there are other reanimation of corpse movies that happen throughout the '40s as well, but reanimation of a corpse doesn't necessarily make it a zombie, um, because when they get reanimated, they typically have an intelligence. Okay. Um, but the ones where they are reanimated as zombies, there is still a malevolent intelligence 
directing them. Or there's some sort of mad scientist who's doing a life swap or a prolonging of life thing um, with science. And that's not to say that there aren't serious... You didn't say that correctly. With science! Science! Now, it's not to say that there aren't zombie movies that are serious still, but it's a pretty cookie-cutter formula by this point. White woman goes into the Caribbean because reasons. She <laughs> she encounters voodoo somehow, <laughs> yeah. usually by watching a ritual. Somebody ends up zombified, which always is under the sway of someone else, specifically directed at the main white woman or a prominent woman, at least. Okay. In 1943, I Walked with a Zombie is one of the better made zombie films by that point, and it did a better job of representing the dignity and complexity of the beliefs and culture of voodoo than did any of its predecessors. Okay. So, I Walked with a Zombie, 1943. There's also more respectful attention given to the history of black folks in the Caribbean there, as well as the black people in the film themselves. It still centers a white woman as the trope-heavy avatar of all the evils of slavery and predation upon people with such an institution. But what the hell do you want? It's 1943. Now, it seems to, this movie, I Walked With a Zombie, seems to have taken a fair amount from an article by Inez Wallace, uh, which was published in American Weekly Magazine, which was a semi-tabloid, semi-reader's digest magazine that went from the 1890s to 1966. Okay. It was kind of like... Well, I mean, it really was like the the Inquirer in that it was on really shitty paper. Oh, okay. So a lot of it doesn't exist and, and, and oh, has been lost like, to the sands of time. Oh, wow. Yeah. But in this uh, magazine, uh, Inez described running into people who were zombie-like, whose vocal cords were fried from drug use, who worked on a Haitian plantation, and they were reduced to ambling and following simple orders by those who ran the plantations. I mean, honestly, if you watch the movie Taken with Liam Neeson, mm-hmm. um, you know, half the girls that have been kidnapped are reduced to that state. Okay. So and they're and, and that's yeah. and that's induced like as, induced as part of as part of as yeah. part of the plot. Right. It is it is a known fact that it's not any kind of, you know, weird right. mystical mumbo jumbo, but it's right. it is no no, this can actually be done to you yeah. through scientific Yes. You know, chemical methods. For the use of narcotic drugs and stuff like that. Now, that that was Inez uh, Wallace's article, right? Okay. And this movie was based on it. Okay. Okay. Now, as zombie movies go, it was definitely stuck to the formula, but it did seem to have a better uh, approach than its predecessors by by yards. Um, Now, in the same year... 43. Yep. I always get a kick out of the fact when two things hit in the same year. And I think it's because... When I was young and uh, not too young, actually, I was probably 20, 21. Mm-hmm. Um, Armageddon and uh, Deep Impact came out. Yeah. You know? On In the same year. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, whoa, that's oddly specific. Well, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. And now, it, Revenge of the Zombies uh, is clearly a remake of King of the Zombies, which I just mentioned. Yeah. However, this time it's about scientists trying to make Nazi zombies for Hitler. Which is the first one I found. Wait. Yes. Wait, wait. Yes. Wait. Hold the phone. Uh Uh-huh. You mean to tell me. Yes. That the trope Mm -hmm. of zombie Nazis. Yes. Has been around since the actual war. Yes. Nazi zombies. Okay. I think. I think it's ideology first. For ideology ideology follows. Okay. So, so, but... (laughs) But but you you yes. mean to tell me yes, like that's not just a 
post Night of the Living Dead. Oh no! What do we What no. do we do What do we do to you know make I was make surprised this when more... I found other ones after Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, because I was like, oh, I figure this this time, and then of course Dead Snow. Uh, yeah. No, there were several others after Night of the Living Dead that were Nazi zombies as well. But you go all the way back to '43 during the war. During, I mean, while the the there are U-boat actual campaign, living Nazis. Yeah, while the U-boat campaign on is, the battlefields of Europe really doing a bang up job on American yeah. shipping. And 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 we've got a movie about Nazi, Nazi zombies. zombies. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Now, what's fun to note about this particular film was that there were a lot of interesting stars in it. Uh, and that a zombie actually shows free will and almost overpowers the main zombie-making scientist. Again, okay. it was, I mean, yes, it was caught up. You still have the same idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. let's wrinkle it this way instead. Okay. And it goes a little against type. Now, John Carradine, the patriarch of the Carradine family in Hollywood. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Robert Lowry. Oh, wow. Okay. The, These are some big names for the time. Yeah. Do you remember who Robert Lowry was? Vaguely. He was in the second Batman movie. Oh. Uh, the shitty one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Madame Sul Taiwan. Uh, now, I, a name like that, I had to dig a little more, right? She was famously the first black woman to have a contract with a studio. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and James Baskett. Uh, you might know him as Uncle Remus. Really? Yes. Okay. So right there, I've already named two African-American actors, two black actors. Yes. Right? Yeah. Now beyond this, it's a paint-by-numbers zombies or mental slaves movie, save for the fact that it was the first time that a zombie wasn't explained at all. It was just understood that zombies are a thing now. Okay. I found that interesting. And these are and these are mad science zombies as opposed right. to, to sorceress right. zombies. Right. Okay. Uh, people were just assumed to know what a zombie was when they okay. came to this film. Now, now they are mindless in this film. Mostly, mostly, mostly yep. mindless. Yep. They they don't they they lack will. Yeah, which is interesting. Uh huh. That it would be Nazi zombies when so much of Nazi propaganda ideology, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, had to do with you know the will of the Volk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the power of will being a thing. Yes. And this is a movie that portrays mm-hmm. the overwhelming majority of the Nazis you see on screen. Yes. As nearly mindless, well, willless. I, I would you know. say that um, most propaganda against the Nazis and against Germany would also point out that they were not individuals like us Americans. No. They were bending. They, their will had been subsumed. To that to of Hitler. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense, but I just, I I find the juxtaposition interesting Mm -hmm. and, and I'm still getting over, you know, Nazi zombies in 1943. Yes. Um, so now I I got, I have one other question. Was it explicitly the case in the film that the Nazi zombies were corpses that had been reanimated or were they still living, but had been zombie five mentally? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now it doesn't mean that you didn't put them through a process wherein their death occurred, but oh, okay. But they were not like they had a heartbeat. Yes, yes. They were not they were not rotting corpses. Right. They okay. still they still had personhood ultimately. Okay. Okay. If not you know not yeah, agency, not agency but personhood. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Now yeah. Oh. 
Now, throughout the 1940s, zombie movies were either of this basic formula or they were comedies. Uh, zombies made for really good background menaces to the real menacing intelligences that are in the foreground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the 1950s, we got to add atomic science to it. <laughs> Nuclear zombies. Yes. All right. And this still seems to have the same zombies as controlled by someone else vibe, though. Yeah. Okay. However. What do you get when you drop? Mm. Fat man on a on a city full of zombies. A whole lot of dead zombies. A whole lot of zombies that glow in the dark. Oh, anyway, so uh, that's I, okay. I, I had to play with that joke format in this context. <laughs> so anyway, carry on. So in 1957, Voodoo Island uh, is is a movie. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that just based on the current zit guys, that sounds so much like a reality show. Yeah. Now it gets better. Okay. Voodoo Island is set in the South Pacific. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so, so wait, tiki zombies? Yeah, kind of. Polynesian. Yeah, as far as I can like, tell, it like, seems like Hawaii, quite frankly. Okay, the zombie, yeah. the zombie is yeah. a. I mean, like they named a tropical drink zombie. Mm-hmm. In in you know the the original tiki bar. Okay. Originated the drink the zombie, but um, but. But that was the fifties, right? Uh, and and well, this the, the whole tiki. Well, yeah, and but the whole tiki craze. Well, anyway, yeah. nah, I'm kind of I'm kind of proving the point. But mm-hmm. I mean, the whole tiki craze, yes. so because the South Pacific was in the zitgeist because yes. so many guys had spent some so very some very remarkable years of their lives. Yes there and it and, captured the imagination because yeah. bikini atoll yeah you know uh, yeah and, and okay and so all right yeah. so all right so no within within the context of the mental state of white america in the 50s mm-hmm. i guess it makes sense yeah okay voodoo yeah. island is in the south pacific yes and this cool. time it's a chief who controls the zombies okay including one of the protagonist males toward the end of the movie <gasps> oh yeah. so the threat is real yes all right now, I, I want to point out a couple things. Number one, a chief is in charge, not a white guy. Okay. A chief of an yeah. indigenous tribe, right? Not a mad scientist either, even though this is the 1950s. Okay. Number two, Adam West is uncredited for his voice work in this movie. <laughs> Adam West? Yeah, he was a radio operator or a radio guy. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Now there's other movies. Plan 9 from Outer Space needs to be called out simply for its historical importance. Yeah. Still still same zombies as Tools of Evil, Masterminds Approach. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. And, and frankly, this movie deserves its own episode, I think. Um, there's also a movie called Teenage Zombies. Because, of course. It's the 1950s, Because right? teenagers were terrified right. of our own children. Same plot. That goes back to the first episode of this podcast, it does. as a matter of fact. It really does. Uh, same plot, but this time with teenagers and trying to figure yeah. out if drugs can help us win the Cold War. Okay. And then we get to 1962. Because we're going to get way stoner than the Russians. Like we're well, going to just we're going to we're going to chill yeah. out. Yeah. Like no, we're no, going to we're going <sighs> to. No, like, it's okay. the 50s. That's that's those drugs that you just mentioned are things for people of color. Oh, oh, right. We're talking Sorry. truth serums. We're talking LSD. We're talking. Oh, oh, we're, <laughs> shit. we're talking. We're talking white people stone. Yeah. OK, got it. OK. Yes. Understand. Now, in 1962, you get one of my favorite zombie movies. Santo versus the zombies. Now, this is oh. one of the few foreign ones oh. that I looked at. Oh, okay. but it's the pro wrestler Santo fighting the zombies. Oh, oh. There was a oh, sequel to it the, years later. The, the, yeah, the, the silver, silver mask. With the silver mask yep. and, the, and the white cape? Yep. Oh, my God. Okay. 
Yes. All right, I'm here for this. So, okay, cool. I just wanted to mention it. Okay, I'm not all right. Go into too much depth. Um, but uh, in 1964, there's a slightly shifted take on zombies that enters into films. Yeah. Uh, but it's still background at this point. Uh, the, there's a movie called The Earth Dies Screaming, and it's wow, that's a title. Yeah. Uh, and it's <laughs> about crap. an alien invasion. Okay. But anybody who's killed by the alien's touch rises a zombie. Who is then turned into a, a malevolent, okay, ambling and shambling thing, and they're just a menace after they die. Nothing is controlling them, as far as I now, can tell. Now there's an interesting that's a, that's a paradigm shift yes. right there. Now it's the first one that did it, and it's only a background detail. So that's just not just loss of agency, right? The horror of that is loss of personhood. Yes. Okay. Yeah. As far as I can tell, this is the first movie to have done that. It's one of those instances where the creators don't know what they've got there, but with hindsight, I can point it out. Yeah. And this goes on through 1968 until we get to George Romero. Yes. And that's where things change forever. This is where the paradigm completely switches around. And that's where a lot of the real analysis can really come in, because prior to it is just... Uh, we're going to take American audiences on a tour through colonized and former colonized places, look at the natives, aren't they weird, and guard your daughters. Yeah. Like, just basically mind I mean, a whole bunch of a whole bunch yeah. of exoticist horror yes. tropes. Kind and of there all... have been plenty of movies about mind control and stuff like that. Hell, yeah. that was one of the chief plot devices in the first Batman movie where he's fighting against the Japanese. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was mind control and you need diamonds to make shit work to, to stop your cars from going. It was yeah, weird. it was, yeah. But, like, mind control had been a big thing, right? Yeah. Uh, so that that's the first half of zombie movies. It goes until 68. Now, again, in 64, you, you do see a shift, but it is it is not a main feature. But it's the originator, it, not I, the codifier. I wouldn't even say it's an originator because they didn't do it on purpose. They didn't say, I'm, we're going to make zombies okay, different. No, well, I, I understand that. But they but thought I, we're backward into origination. Yeah, I, yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, it, at the end of the day, effectively, yes. it's de facto originator, even if it's yes. not de jure yes. originator. Yeah, I will give you that. Yeah. So, so I'm going to stop there because that's okay. a perfect breaking point. I think it is. Yeah. yeah. So, so far, what have you gleaned? Um, I think the punchline at the very end, I think, is is the is the most interesting thing. Is the source of what makes these horror movies mm-hmm. uh, is in in the very beginning, in the earliest films. The horror is the idea of losing one's agency and being placed under someone's control. Mm-hmm. Which is, to be honest, pretty scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but then with Night of the Living Dead mm-hmm. and the the Earth Dies Screaming, that yeah. is just, wow, what a title. Yeah. Um, but, but with the idea that, no, no, well, they kill you and then your body rises up out of the ground and wanders around as a mindless, you know, menace. Mm-hmm. Um, that loss of personhood that that complete loss of self yeah of of your body your body completely losing any connection to you yeah your soul your soul sure um is is really remarkable the 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 way that I'm I'm interested in 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 the coming episode in mm-hmm. your analysis of where that shift in what is horrifying mm-hmm. 
is rooted. If that makes sense. No, it it does, and uh, I I will give you just a mild spoiler. It's okay. not the zombies that are horrifying after 1968. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I so, like it. Yeah. What, so, so what yeah. about you? Uh, like as you've as you've shared all this, yeah. Have you got anything mm-hmm. as we've been talking about it? What what sticks with you? Yeah, you know the the Manchurian Candidate came out in 1962. Yes. And that was born of a fear that came out from the Korean War. Yeah. Of soldiers being brainwashed. Yeah. I'm a little surprised that there wasn't more made of that in in zombies. Okay. That we that we didn't see more yeah. br- brainwashed zombies. Yeah. As or a or thing. just more um we're fighting a, a spy movie. Like, okay. So more, more like a spy movie because there was the one that was a comedy. Yeah. That fell over backward into a plot, you know. It was yeah, like yeah. Mr. Magoo. Um, but uh, I, I'm a little surprised we didn't see that many spy thrillers that dealt with uh, zombiness. Yeah. Like where where you have the the American spy stopping uh, a a a foreign, usually Eastern Asian, mm-hmm. um, brainwasher who is actually using mystical means. Yeah, okay. I'm a little surprised that that, the, didn't, the, that didn't show up more. Yeah. So, you know, it's I'm, interesting. I'm more surprised by the lack than I am by the presence, quite okay, honestly. That, of, okay, of that makes sense. What was going on before 68. And, and now that actually brings something up. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen the movie uh, Kingsman? Or no. The Kingsman? Okay. I, maybe, maybe to be best to save this for the next episode, sure. but, but part of the plot of The Kingsman mm-hmm. is a mass rage zombie inducing electronic tone. Oh, okay. And that's what the super spy main character mm-hmm. is, is trying to stop from happening. Interesting. Okay. So it, something like that kind of has been done, but it's in the context of, you know, the 20 teens, right? Which is, you know, we got a ways to go. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so anyway, cool. um, uh, what you reading? Um, right now, the one thing that immediately comes to mind, and it's only tangentially related to to the topic we're talking about, but uh, zombies and the Loa leads me to to you know thinking about Baron Samedi, which eventually leads to Hades, mm-hmm. uh, ruler of the underworld. Yes, um, and that then leads to I cannot highly enough recommend that everybody go out and look up, um the the uh webcomic lore olympus it is a retelling of the the main plot line of lore olympus is a retelling of the um the the relationship between hades and persephone oh neat now interestingly of course persephone's name she's mm-hmm. the goddess of spring but her mean her name means dreaded one or or something like that hmm in ancient Greek because she's, she was the queen of the underworld. Right. And so anyway, the, 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 it it is a very modern retelling, uh, in which, uh, it's less a kidnapping than a prank on Hades by somebody else, by another God gone horribly awry. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it deals with a lot of very compelling, very adult themes, um, and it's the, the artwork is, is in my opinion, amazing and beautiful. And nice. I just cannot recommend it highly enough lore Olympus. And in the process of going into the relationship between Hades and Persephone, 
the author brings in a whole bunch of other myths. Nice. Kind of as, as background. So uh, Eros and Psyche Mm -hmm. is one of the stories in the background going on as this is all happening. So that's my recommendation. Cool. How about you? Uh, I'm going to pay off what I said earlier. Uh, War is a Racket by General Smedley D. Butler. Uh, You can probably find a $5 version on Amazon pretty cheap because it's a short, short book. Yeah. Uh, And he would go all over the place giving talks out of this book. And he analyzes the people who are really making money off the war. And I'm going to Damien phrase here, but he did it such a better job. He said, the bullets are for the soldiers. The dollars are for the millionaires or something along those lines. Oh, wow. Loved it. Um, So, yeah. uh, War is a Racket (laughs) by Smedley Butler. Um, I think it's especially salient right now. Um, yeah, not just as the time of this recording, but, you know, frankly, for the last 20 years in, in our era. Yeah. So I'm going to recommend that also okay. he's a stone cold badass. So, yeah. Uh, where can people find you on the social medias? I can be found on the social media on the Twitter machine at EH Blaylock. I can be found, uh, at, uh, Mr. Blaylock on, uh, the TikTok and on Instagram, uh, also at EH Blaylock. And, uh, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on the Twinsta uh, at Duh Harmony. That's two H's in the middle. Uh, you can also find me every Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time uh, doing twitch.tv forward slash capital puns. Uh, we have pun tournaments at the beginning of every month, and every time after that, it's us playing games, uh, Jackbox games that you can jump into and play. Okay. So a lot of fun. Uh, so, yeah. And where can they find us corporately? Uh, collectively, we can be found at uh, geekhistorytime.com uh, and a geek history of time. If you type that into Twitter, you'll find us. I believe our tag is actually Geek History Time. Yes. On the Twitter machine. Yes. So with that, mm-hmm. for a geek history of time, I'm Damien Harmony. And I'm Ed Blaylock. And until next time, keep rolling 20s.